This is By the Way, a podcast of Covenant Christian Academy, where we discuss education, discipleship, and books. Welcome to By the Way. I'm John Hayward, the Upper School Dean at Covenant Christian Academy, and I want to introduce you to two of our upper school teachers. First, David Kemper is upper school humanities teacher and lead teacher of classical pedagogy and has been here for, I think he's in his 24th year. That's right. Thanks, John, for having me. And also, Jed Stalker is an upper school humanities teacher, and he has been here for over three months at least, maybe a little bit longer, longer than that. Been here for this school year. Thank you, Jed. Thank you, John. Happy to be here. Uh, so I just want to take advantage of uh, having sort of a, a sandwich of time uh, frame uh, between the two of you for the upper school here at Covenant and just sort of uh, help uh, anyone, you know, the, the two or three people who listen to us um, uh, to uh, get to know the upper school uh, at, at Covenant. So I just wanted to ask, like, what have you noticed, either over your many years or being fresh to the school? Uh, what do you tell people when they say, oh, what's the school like? They want? One thing that I just want to share is when I have come to Covenant, uh, when, I, when I first came and, and still, all the singing really strikes me. Mm-hmm. Um, just all, all the singing that happens every morning, less this year. Uh, but, but, but generally, in our good normal routine, all the singing that happens and just actually how that even inspired me to sing more with my family. It's one thing that I like to tell about people is that I love being at a school where the habits and rhythms of the school even like shape how I want my home to look and how what an encouraging thing that is. So just all the singing, how our students are going to think that singing a hymn every morning is normal, whether they always fully enjoy it first thing in the morning or not, that they're just going to think that's, that's part of life as it should be. What have, what have you guys noticed? Or? Sure. So uh, I'm new here. One of the things that led me to come to this school rather than some other opportunities was the on the school website, there's a section that says mm-hmm. the excellent student. And one of the things that really stood out to me from that section is that um, the excellent student here is humble, has a spirit of humility. And I found that to really be the case in this school. And uh, that's just very different from my own uh, life when I was growing up and some other schools maybe that I've been at. And I feel like that comes out in kindness to others. Mm-hmm. Students generally do exhibit kindness to others. They have a willingness to learn and a happiness to learn and also an openness to correction that I just mm-hmm. haven't seen often in our culture. When you say openness to correction, what's the story or the or the thing in your mind is it is it like academic correction like hey that was unkind kind of correction i would say both okay. i mean sometimes you can stop a student in a hall after you've heard maybe an unkind remark and and the student who you've stopped in a different environment that student would be your enemy for life perhaps <laughs> um, <laughs> and here you see a moment of of sort of conscious reprogramming and then mm. almost a gratitude um, and it's just a, a sort of a teacher's dream come true. <laughs> and also in academics, um, you know, yeah. students will work hard on their papers 
I'll give them back with some corrections or instruction, and the students will say, "Huh, I'll think about this," right, rather than sort of <laughs> entrenching in the positions. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's great, and I feel like that's a that's a great opportunity for a shout out to our grammar school, mm-hmm. right, and and how they train them. Because you're you're right. I've noticed that too. When you correct them, there's that you are reminding them of a principle they have already been taught and appropriated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, or same thing with some of the virtues of of being a scholar, things like that. That that it's, which kind of free, the fact that they've already been taught, it frees them to, like you said, almost like even like thank us because mm-hmm. they've tasted that it's good before and they've been called back to it. You, you can take as much time as you want, David, since you've been here for so many years. But what, 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 what do you tell people? Well, let's start at the beginning. Okay. okay yeah. <laughs> Long when, time ago. Yeah. When I was hired, there was no website. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Though that would that would have been really cool. I knew very little about the school. We had no upper school when I started. So oh, that's right. I, yeah, I have the yeah, experience yeah. of having, you know, I don't know, paved some ways through grammar school and growing and getting older. More than half my life, I've been involved in this institution in its many forms. Yeah. So when when I think of our upper school and when I talk about our upper school, I think I talk about mostly you know our foundational principles which are in classical methodology and getting mm-hmm. into great books and you know the heroes of the faith the story of salvation and the mm-hmm. and the rootedness in the gospel message and and all of those things are so foundational and yet i also have to juxtapose that when i'm talking about our upper school with change mm-hmm. year to year class to class child to child and even in the same child change from Mm -hmm. class to class and year to year and you know minute to minute sometimes how do you how do you describe change in the midst of foundational principles and 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 who we are and i think that just gives us so much life and identity as a as a school and an upper school particularly so that's how i would talk about our upper school foundational yet always in flux uh, Mm -hmm. and and, Mm -hmm. and always with potential potential energy Toward you know what are what the goals are that we set for ourselves as as uh, colleagues and 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 for our students. Yeah, I like how you use, use that way to kind of say we're we're alive, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're not a marble bust on like right. you know we're, we're very living. Yeah, because I, I think that there's one thing like I don't know if you guys want to add anything of if you would say like what's the culture here? It's mm-hmm. kind of just another way of phrasing what I said, but. You know, Mrs. Swartz last year at our regional conference, right, I gave that talk on like a school culture and a culture is that which sort of like is the context of the life. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts on things that you've noticed or would naturally tell people of, aha, I've spied something about this school. Come visit. <laughs> when, <laughs> when, you know, when, when you can. I, I always invite parents that, you know, oh, we'd right. love yeah, to yeah, see, yeah. we'd yeah. love to see. Yeah. But, you know, it's just even more of a, a hindrance lately. It is in some ways refreshing at how by the mitigation efforts for the pandemic, having us have parents a little bit less often in, our, in amongst us, uh, that we really miss that. It's just nice that it's a, it's a sign. The fact how much we miss it, the pain, is a sign that usually we have it. Yeah. And, and that's, I think that's a good call to as we are able to, to, to move out of some of the mitigation things at some point. Just say, please, please come, come back. Like we, <laughs> we want you to be amidst amongst us. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the the tagline of the podcast is where we talk about uh, education, discipleship, and books. So I want to talk about books. Generally, you can take this however you want to. Like, 
What are you reading? How do you like to read? I guess I'll start again. I am currently, I, I got back into reading over Christmas break after what felt like a long languishing period of, of, of less books going on. And while I'm reading several books, one that I dove into over break, which was a Christmas gift, was a critical biography of Herman Bavink, who's a Dutch theologian. But one thing I just I love about biography, even if no one you know knows who Herman Bavink is, is that when you have a good biography, you get such a great mixture, uh, especially a good like very academic biography that's well written. Not always a common thing, but when you do have a very good academic biography that is well written. You get such a broad sense of someone's context and the person. Mm. It's just great about studying history is that you can read someone's personal letters and it's kind of seen as okay mm. when it's when it's a biography. So just and, and and the author James Angleton, he just does such a careful job of of what this pattern in his life says, what it doesn't say. So really, it's just you get to get to know people, one person very tightly very distinctly and so you kind of get to know everyone a little bit when you read a good biography and i'm a very slow reader so kind of by necessity i read slowly i'm usually okay with that but i don't either of you what are you reading any reading tips you pointed out to me once that um i am interested in everything um mm -hmm. so uh i didn't recognize that about myself before I'm currently Happy reading. To help. Yes, thanks. Um, I'm currently. My wife and I are always reading an Agatha Christie book, so we're halfway through oh, one of those okay. right now. I'm rereading My Antonia for my history class, history and literature, American class, um, and that's a delight. I'm also in hopes of becoming a better American literature teacher, reading a book by James Lowen entitled "Lies My Teacher Told Me," mm. um, hoping that mm. I'm not spreading any of those. <laughs> um, but what I've found about myself, um, I, I recently read um, de Tocqueville's uh, Democracy in America, and there was a, a sentence near the end of that that jumped out at me and sort of bit me. Uh, and what it said was, the American, his curiosity is both insatiable and satisfied cheaply, for he is more <laughs> bent on knowing a lot quickly than on knowing anything well. And, hmm. and I find that to be myself, unfortunately. Hmm. Thanks, de Tocqueville. Yes, right. <laughs> so, David? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd, I'd have to mention what I'm reading with my with my eighth graders. Mm. Uh, we just began. Well, I guess we're into the second act of Shakespeare's Julius Caesar, which is just so rich. Uh, the valuable time we have to discuss that. You know, this is a number of times now that I've read through it, and that comes up in class. You know, oh, I guess I've read this twenty times. I guess I've been part of discussing mm. this for you know, many, many years now. And it's, it's, it's interesting how the conversations around it are part of me and kind of in my psyche. So, mm -hmm. you know, revisiting old books that, that you've been, that's been a part of your life, I, I just find so valuable. Um, but when I read at home, I'm reading usually either in silence or, which is rare and, uh, or, or, uh, the silence is rare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe a, a record is, is on, which, which means I'm only sitting for, maybe 15, 20 minutes aside or 30 <laughs> minutes aside, you know, before I get up. I can tend to read fast, and but I read over long periods of time. So I read multiple books at the same time. So mm -hmm. I, I've got, in my leisure, I'm reading um, uh, The Day the World Came to Town by Jim DeFeed, which is about 9-11 and planes that were di diverted to Newfoundland. Mm -hmm. uh, and that book is on a loan from uh, one of our colleagues, Mrs. McCollum, I think left it in my mailbox. 
Yeah. Uh, which is great because uh, my, my family comes through Newfoundland. So so this is, you know, part of part of my family story, even though we weren't there then. Yeah. We were here, but still it emphasizes the character of the people, which mm. which is uh, valuable to me. I'm also slowly working through The Vanishing American Adult by Ben Sass. That's also on loan from our headmaster. <laughs> I was given a book this last summer by a, a customer of ours while I was doing uh, landscaping with my brothers in New Hampshire. And he, we were talking about Dante. I was just telling you this the other day, yeah. Jed, uh, that we were talking about Dante and, and how his son is studying classics. And then he says, have you ever read any sci-fi? Do you like sci-fi? I was like, well, I like Star Wars and Star Trek and... Battlestar Galactica. You know, I'm sure. I like sci-fi. Have you ever read any? Well, not really. So he uh, said, I'm going to send you a couple books. And here's a customer sending me books in the mail to my brother's house who I'm boarding with for the summer. They came a few weeks later. One of them was uh, The Illustrated Man. Great Bradbury, yeah. Which was uh, just amazing. And I I read that through the summer. And then I just picked up, uh, towards the end of the summer, early uh, September, this book called Pandora's Star by Peter Hamilton, which is pretty extensive. I'm working very slowly for, through that. And when I pick it back up again, I have to reread, you know, yeah. pages yeah. just to get the, get back into it again. I'm also going through the book of Hebrews with Bible study uh, through the church, a small men's group. It, it's hard for me to say, I told like, or asked, you know, what books are you reading? Cause I'm not just reading. I'm also listening to music and I'm looking yeah. at art yeah. and you know, there's just so much, so much else that, yeah. that we read about our culture around us. So, uh, Miles Davis is my favorite record right now. Uh, kind of Blue is mm-hmm, my favorite mm-hmm. record. Nice. Uh, which is just awesome. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> great. So, I have to include that. <laughs> I should throw in here uh, on sci-fi and Dante. You know, C.S. Lewis said that uh, Dante can be considered the first sci-fi. <laughs> Did he say that? Yeah, there's a great sci-fi moment when um, they're passing. Dante and Virgil are passing through the center of Earth, and everything has to switch around. Oh, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I just want to sit with that for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I, def- I definitely hear you on the kind of like when someone says like, "Oh, like, are you reading anything recently?" And probably like, well, like. 12 things but like one of them I haven't picked up for two months and the yeah. other one is sort of like a yep. 10 year project right yeah. Yeah, yeah oh yeah exactly and when uh, just like what are you consuming and enjoying right then it can get even broader with different music another thought that came to mind is what have you noticed about that's changed as you have read over years for me being a slow reader it's only I would say in the past three years that I've really been able to get a skill of reading anything above like 10 pages is kind of like my mark like 10 pages like can sometimes take me like at least you know 45 minutes or something like that hmm. you know um, so it's only recently that I can like got but then I I, like, I just recently with again like this bobbing book like kind of been able to like slow down and say oh I do like my slow pace sometimes but hmm. Uh, and the other big change that I've noticed that's developed me over reading is I have started to read with a pencil. I'm very materialistic about my books. Uh, I, I love them. They're my, they're, I cherish them. But, but I realized that I actually began to get more out of them when I would mark them up, uh, which is still, again, pencil was like my halfway point. Yeah. Uh, like I'm not willing to go pen because yeah. then at least theoretically I can go back and erase it all from all the pages. Just gently um, in the margins. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Gen- gently. In the, yeah, yeah. Gentle with the book. But that's the like one thing because what I found with it, when I read with a pencil, when I read quickly, I don't read with a pencil usually. But when I read with a pencil, 
I'm more actively conversing with the author. I'm like, oh, yes, because of this and this and this. And not just because often my marginalia isn't just, oh, good point, or this is key to the author's argument. It's even how does that affect, right, like how I think about my children or how does that think about how I think think about what I learned about 16th century French economics Mm -hmm. Uh, or like, you know, in in college, kind of like, you know, how does these how does the world cohere? Because uh, so like when I read with a pencil, I just find my my mind more awake almost. Mm-hmm. Oh, have you got like, have you guys struggled as readers at all? How have you seen developed or things that you've seen change over years? So as David was talking about with um, Julius Caesar, right? So you, you've read it twenty times. <laughs> One of the things that I love about being a teacher is that you get to revisit these great works again and again. Mm-hmm. And I find that. Yeah. The greater a work is, the better it gets each time through. Mm. You always notice new things to sort of praise, new layers of complexity and things like that. And I just think that the great books kind of stick with you. Mm -hmm. Um, They kind of grow into your your bones, you know, and you find yourself responding not just with your, you know, your emotions might think, but, you know, this is what Hawthorne would say about that or, um, (laughs) or the like. Um, so kind of having that multitude. They become of, like friends, it sounds like. Exactly. Yeah. yeah like right. You're kind of like, oh, I, so-and-so would probably feel this way. Or, right. yeah. I, I just noticed that I did that with C.S. Lewis. Um, yeah. You, you, yeah. Have, you have this great stuff. memory. You remember things from the great books you've read. And I've appreciated that about you and just getting to know you. I don't have that kind of memory. But when I get back into a book, I say, Oh, yeah, you said that. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and, like catching up with an old friend. Right, yeah. yeah. Right. I forgot you said, I forgot you were the source of that right. of that idea. Don't sell yourself short. You were quoting Herodotus this morning. Uh, paraphrasing. <laughs> <laughs> That's not quoting. Yeah. So in terms of uh, how our reading styles have changed over the years, maybe... That's a great question. I think that what I have found is is that I like to go back and look at the books that I loved. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, finally, my sort of insatiable curiosity, I suppose, is, is slowing down. And I'm thinking, let me go back and, and revisit, you know, what got me into this huh. yeah. in the first place. The C.S. Right. Lewis, the Milton, the Dunn, you know, yep. and revisit uh, what started me on this journey. And, and really, it's been super rewarding. Yeah, I've practiced many different forms of reading. Uh, I think my parents gave me a good education to start with that I just had I was always reading, reading things yeah. ahead of ahead of schedule, I guess. But so I, I practice different forms of reading. I've, I've come to appreciate as being a teacher to read aloud to my students, as being a father, read aloud to my children. Yeah. And reading aloud is a different practice than reading silently. Yeah. It's a completely different practice. But I have I have different techniques I use when I read silently too. Like I can speed read by dragging my fingers diagonally through a paragraph and following following those words and just letting the eyes scan the page and 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 kind of consume the book that way and it's very mm-hmm. quick. I don't know that I have a, a strong connection to a book when by reading that, that yeah. way and maybe that's unfair to the author but I, I I like your idea too about reading with a pencil or a pen and sometimes I'll I don't usually jot down questions I'm asking myself. I just, I ask questions of the author mm-hmm. when I'm writing. So I had I try to have a conversation with the author. Like little question mark or is he going to, exp- are you going to expand this? Is this mm, mm. an idea that you're or just foreshadowing? Define? Or, yeah, <laughs> things, things like that. You know, So I feel like I have a conversation with an author like that. And that's a much slower process of reading. I'll go back and read it. Did I miss something? Maybe you didn't set this up yet. Yeah. Or maybe it's heading somewhere else. Just different, different ways. So the idea of writing in a book, 
creating a conversation with the author that then you can go back and revisit even your conversation. Mm-hmm. Both. Mm-hmm. It, and it becomes a catalog or, or a journal of yeah. your process of reading. When mm-hmm. I was this age, I read this book and look at what I wrote yeah. in response to the author. Why did yeah. I ask that? What was yeah. I thinking? What was my world then? It is yeah. sometimes embarrassing when you come across <laughs> sometimes, a book. Sometimes. Yeah. 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 I, when, I, when I lend a book or give a book to someone, I was like quick scan and be like, did I write anything embarrassing in this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I think all of this that we're uh, talking about, and then you, you guys both made reference to it really applies to reading scripture right and just how as we're able to grow in just the skill of reading and yet also as we see ourselves mature like i remember thinking when i was very young that the bible was like the worst kind of like homework reading like oh this is dry you know but but again just like as 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 as, as the lord opened my eyes more and more to like the, the grace of his word and just how like deep it is. Like you talked about like when you return to a text, you're like, oh, there's more in here. Oh, there's more in here. Like I just, you know, like you just things that can roll off the tongue. But yet when you read it in context and you see the, what that verse means in its context and it's just like, wow, this is alive. This is changing. It just reminds me uh, like what you were saying about you like think to yourself, oh, like what would Hawthorne say here? That, like <laughs> um, when we can, um, Rosaria Butterfield, uh, who was a literature professor and got her PhD before she became a Christian she when her comment when she was getting to know christians was like they're cross-referencing their life with this book mm-hmm. right she's, she's, she's like as a literature person cross-referencing is is the best thing you can do right like oh wow look how like milton makes this allusion to the yep. iliad right yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's amazing and they, and she she just had this great phrase of like she's like i found these people and they were cross-referencing their lives mm-hmm. with this book mm-hmm. um just about the the, the way that scripture dives into that but uh, i don't know if you have any parting comments on books or reading as he say farewell to our one or two listeners at this point <laughs> um i'm a big fan of rosera butterfield uh read her <laughs> gospel <laughs> with a house key I there you go. Yeah, yeah. We, can, we can end it with a book recommendation yeah, yeah. absolutely and also the psalms which he praises highly in there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're here I just am glad to love literature to an extent where I can share the love of literature with my students, to love books, to care for books, the smell, the tactile quality. You were talking about the physicality. Mm. I'm not a Kindle reader. I can't can't read on a screen. Don't like it. But books, I'm fond of. There's that great quote from Wordsworth from the prelude. They shall love what we have loved and we will teach them how. (laughs) I feel like that's our our job. (laughs) Well, thank you. I can't think of a better way to end. Thank you, John. Yep. Thank you for joining us today for By the Way. We pray that your faith was encouraged, your mind equipped, and your heart engaged, all exalting our great covenant-keeping God for whom we raise our children. Until next time, be well and enjoy God.